from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. While you're on YouTube and while you're listening to podcasts, you can check out ACC Baseball, etc. Darren Vaught is the host of the ACC Baseball Podcast. It is official, casual ACC Baseball fan season uh, in between all these Carolina Hurricanes takes. Darren, what's going on, man? Uh, not a lot, man. Excited to, to keep it cash with you guys. Talk some ACC baseball. All right, let's talk loaded, front-loaded baseball schedules and how things might get easier and how it affects uh, how we're talking about these certain teams. I feel like NC State is maybe the prime example of this, where people were kind of worried about NC State's baseball schedule, where they are in the rankings, but what they just got done sweeping Florida State, I think, this past week. And Florida State's not good but maybe that gives people some optimism going into what a month before the ACC baseball jamboree begins. Yeah. And it, it should, um, NC state is up to number eight in the RPI. I mm-hmm. think last week we talked about their presence as a top 10 RPI team. The, the fact of the matter is in, in this league, in the ACC win games and the RPI is going to take care of itself for the most part, because you're going to, have some teams built in that are very, very competitive and ranked very, very highly, right? Um, We're up to six ACC teams ranked in the top 25 again. Uh, Most of them, their RPI is even higher than their their D1 baseball top 25 ranking. Um, So yeah, NC State, and and I don't I don't know if it would have been concerning for most PAC fans that know what they have in that pitching staff. Mm But they've got a lot of experience. They've moved their formerly their ace, Sam Highfill, to sort of the high leverage closer role. So uh, they're equipped to to make a run and and be a team that you see pretty late into a season making waves. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I think it's fair to say that you know it, it's a it's a top heavy schedule mm-hmm. as it is for a lot of teams and. You're going to get some losses. You're going to take some licks, but it's a long season. Most of these teams are not what they were at the beginning. Darren Vaught joining us for some ACC baseball talk. That's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. All right. uh, Explain to me what happened at Florida State while we're there because (laughs) Mike Martin, I think he coached for 40 years. No lie. I'm almost certain he won more college baseball games than anyone in the history of the sport. And his son – Took over for him, Mike Martin Jr. Uh, at, you probably refer to him as Meat. Most people do. I look right. up at these box scores and I'm like, "Whoa, okay, well, Florida State's struggling. What happened? Link Jarrett is their coach. What they ran <laughs> out the 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 legend son already? <laughs> Darren, this is always a setup for me to say to you. I thought NC State fans were supposed to be the crazy ones. And Florida State ran off a, a legend's son after, what, two years? Two? It was, Did he get two? Yeah, yeah. It was not. Um, now, was there any legal issues before I'm sitting here no, defending no, the Martin was, family and legacy? It was, it was a, by my knowledge, which I'd like to think is pretty extensive, yeah. a, um, performance? a fully okay. baseball performance. <sighs> move um and i think the main thing was just timing yeah. because link jarrett is is widely regarded right was at notre dame his son played at state yeah yeah so he was at notre dame I, I i think you didn't have to ask too many insiders with regard to link's closest circle 
um, to to find out that he he probably would rather take a job farther south. Um, there aren't many sports where a move from Notre Dame to Florida State is considered a, a step up. Baseball is one of them, maybe the only one. Mm-hmm. And it just happened in this way that he became available. He was going to be a commodity on the coaching market anyway. So Florida State, recognizing that, decided, okay, we're going to get in on this before somebody like an LSU or an Arizona picks up Link Jarrett and keeps us from getting him ever. Darren Vaught, ACC Baseball, et cetera, is the podcast. We, uh, we're, we're doing this on a weekly basis as we get ready for the ACC Baseball Jamboree in May. It's ACC Casual it's Baseball Durham. season in Durham at the DBAP. I'm sure we'll be out there. Um, I feel like we, we spend a lot of time talking about, these, uh, about the ACC, but we need to carve out ECU Corner here. Because uh, they're yes, kind of like yeah. honorary, like you know, local <laughs> baseball. It's not they're not in the ACC, but we talk about them in the same same breath. And I had seen them; they're very proud about this past week. Uh, they've been tweeting about like like every day where they're the only ranked team to have the perfect week. That's some dudes ball out this week. <laughs> and I see, look, my guy Enoch over at Nice Price. He's an ECU guy. He cares about baseball way more than anything else, and he's. He's, he's coming off a high. They're very hype right now in Greenville about the week they've had and where things are going. They are. I I will. There are. A oh, you're gonna rain on the parade? No, 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 no. There are a couple of couple okay. of things I need right. to say to preface this. Okay, a couple of things. <laughs> we are not some pirate the, haters on this program, Darren. Nope. Some of the other top-ranked teams that suffered multiple losses this week that I like a lot, mm-hmm. such as a Virginia of the ACC, Fair. Um, a Wake Forest of the ACC, regularly play tougher competition. I, with that, I do think ECU is a top-10 team in the country, mm-hmm. but the American Athletic Conference is down bad. It yeah. is not good currently. The state of affairs are... Um, way, way, way less than competitive, we'll say. Great. They win the games they are supposed to. That's fine. Wake Forest went to Louisville and won two of three at Louisville, which people just don't do. Teams mm. just don't do that. So to exclude them from this like greatness category because they lost one of those three hey, at perfect, Louisville perfect, is a Darren. little absurd to me. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Let ECU, I get it. Let ECU do their thing, okay? <laughs> I get it. And they are very, very good. Yeah. I, I like ECU a lot. They've got a chance to make it to Omaha for the first time in program history. I am. I, mean, we don't I need promise to I'm far, not trying but... to rain on their parade, but it's it, it's the American. Fair enough. <laughs> Darren Vaught joining us here on the OG. I think what uh, North Carolina Miami also played this past uh this past weekend uh, a, a coastal division bout with a lot of eyeballs on that one. I know Chris uh who does the the Dagon Bot Scores um Twitter account and he has a newsletter that was highlighting the run differentials because it really is kind of a home and away situation uh this uh this season when it comes to these run differentials. And how did that play out this weekend between these two teams? Yeah, well, they had a a game two that was delayed for weather, Mm -hmm. and they finished it on Saturday. North Carolina won that one. They walked it off. Hunter Stokely hit a a home run in the bottom of the 11th, I think it went there. Um, But Miami ultimately got two of the three games against North Carolina. 
Um, Miami's been in this mode where it seems like they either sweep or get swept. So it was weird <laughs> to see them have a, like a competitive weekend. Um, two of three, obviously over North Carolina puts the hurricanes back into ranked positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, North Carolina is in a, a tricky spot because it does not get easier. They've got Boston college coming to town this weekend. I've got right. all three of those on ACC and X. It's a top 20 matchup. BC's having the best year in their program's history, probably. Uh, it's a it's a tough team, but we're in that time of year where, you know, if we're going to have six, seven ranked ACC teams, they're just going to be playing each other every week. The rankings are fake, Darren. Those are like birds and Joe says salary cap. I don't care about that. 16 teams, though, are going to host. How many will host in the state of North Carolina? You got Wake for sure, right? I mean, Wake definitely. Okay. They, they could, Wake Forest host? could maybe lose out and, and still and host. host. Is ECU going to um, host? I think so. Are the Campbell Camels going to host? I think there is a legitimate Ooh. shot. Spicy. We could both, see the Wolfpack or Tar Heels at one of those or both of those sites if the NCAA knows what they're doing. And some of the more recent projections included Duke in okay. that regional as well. Oh, um, and Duke and Duke. The Blue Devils are doing that thing again where a they play baseball their best menage baseball action? in the second half. I like like that. that's a tournament team. Yeah, so I was going to ask Dukes. you about that because I know you had talked to Chris Pollard, Duke's baseball coach, on the, on the ACC Baseball Etc. podcast. And as you said, like they're doing that quote-unquote thing again, which don't yeah. bring that up to state fans. They don't want to hear that. All right. <laughs> oh, Duke. <laughs> the last guy, thing they guy does a really good job. No, Pollard does a good job. <laughs> So we're talking, but we, but we will be talking about the other schools hosting, I would love to not the triangle squads host. hosting. Yeah, we're talking ECU, we're talking Campbell, if ECU, Wake, and Campbell host. That would be, I would, I would love to see that. There's a legit chance all yeah. three will host, okay. and even that's not even that's not even really excluding North Carolina. They're on the fringes mm-hmm. right now. I mean, if they perform well for the remainder of the year, we could have a hosting site at the Bosch too. I mean, we're looking at. If all things go well, four sites in the state of North Carolina, which would just be awesome. I would enjoy that. Darren Vaught, ACC Baseball, et cetera, is the podcast. And obviously you can catch him on uh, ACC and X uh, for some of these baseball games. Darren, we appreciate you uh, giving us some insight on the ACC Baseball because everybody knows I'm not going to give it to you. It's ACC, but not casual. too much though. Not well, too much insight. We well, not no, no, not. To, we got to keep it casual, and then once we get to the jamboree, I'll do what Jillio loves. I'll start giving you vibes. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> See you guys. Are you ready for the big game at the Designery? We can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of the Designery in North Raleigh, and I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. Joining us in studio, I love this time of the year, Mike Elko, Duke head football coach, joining us in studio alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obius. Coach Elko, how are you? I'm doing really good. Knee deep in spring ball and kind of rolling along. I mean, I kind of feel like uh, you got to step it up now. Nine wins, ACC coach of the year. How do you follow that up? 
uh, retirement was one of the options that <laughs> we kicked, on top. that was one of the options we kicked around. But no, we got uh, we had eighteen starters back, so we figured we'd we'd make more one more run at this thing. So I'm, I am curious. We talked to you at ACC kickoff last summer, and just kind of like, all right, where Duke's program was, how you have to build that up and actually set expectations. You have a phenomenal year. Uh, you have a breakout quarterback in Riley Leonard. So how have things kind of elevated for you and what the expectations are for the players coming back after what was a phenomenal year? Yeah, I think you're living on two different sides of the fence. With, you know, Outside the locker room, you're trying to take advantage of the 9-4 and four season and the buzz and trying mm-hmm. to build hype around what Duke football can become. Right, You're using all of that in ticket sales and recruiting and all of those things. But then internally, you're trying to make sure that the program itself stays extremely grounded and Obviously, we understand one year does not make a program, and so you know, there's a lot of work that needs to get into continuing to be successful, doing it for a long period of time. Um, but you do try to take advantage of some of the momentum and mm-hmm. the ways that it can help you. Mike Elko, Duke football coach, joining us on the in-person Heastor Automotive Group hotline. <laughs> I want to stay on last year for a second, and I think I feel like I asked you this in the middle of the year, so I think it's only fair to ask you at the end of the year. In your wildest dreams, wildest, you had nine and four? Yeah, in my wildest dreams, I did. Yeah, I, no, because you're I, from the Dave Clawson school. Yeah, okay, and, and he's but, but, always kind of had to start slow. Okay, to get it somewhere. Right. So let's you just come in and jump in. Can we <laughs> just sep- can we just separate that for a second? So there's a lot of Dave Clawson things that I do believe in, and he obviously had a huge impact yes. on me in my program. Um, some of the places I've been recently, the whole like lose early, win later thing didn't seem to fit. So sure. You get to Notre Dame. You can get to Notre Dame after the four <laughs> yeah, and eight yeah, season. Yeah, 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 and yeah. the whole idea of like building, <laughs> you know, it was kind of like either win now or pack and leave. Um you know, a then, urgency there. And then, you know, some of the some of the stress down in Aggie Land wasn't exactly, That's you know, so okay. You know, so so I think I've I, we had a little bit so of a different feel. So BK and feel. Jimbo taught you to dream. We had a little bit of a different feel in terms of winning now. But no, I, I think you know, what we learned, I think we learned we had a really good culture. I, I think that matters. I think we learned that we had kids that were willing to do what we were asking them to do, and that matters. And I think as the early part of the season started to go, we realized we had a quarterback, right? And that was huge. I would say proof positive of that culture is in today's football, someone like Riley Leonard could have the year that he had, and then he could decide, hey, coach, love you, mean it. Appreciate the opportunity, but I'm about to go make some money in NIL because this is what my market value is. Yeah. So it has to say something about not only your faith in him and, and his you know, confidence back, but it has to say something to you that he knows you, you and Coach Kevin Johns have put him in the right position to have the success that he's had. Yeah, I think the one thing, and we say this all the time around our place, but the one thing that gets lost in the transfer portal is the number one goal is to keep your guys out of it. Mm-hmm. right? If you can run a program that people feel like they're getting the right opportunities, the right exposure, the right NIL opportunities, all of those things to a level where at least they feel comfortable that they're not searching for something better, um, that's win number one, two probably, and three, right? And so we were able to do that with a lot of guys. Graham Barton, you know, grades out as the number two left tackle in the country last year. He's a he's a first-team preseason All-American, and he's still here, right? And, and, you know, certainly he had his opportunities and options too. And so, yeah, that means a lot for our program. Mike Elko, Duke head football coach, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obias. This Saturday they got the spring game, 1 o'clock, Brooks Field. Uh, I got that fan fest taking place at noon on the practice field and uh, free hats for the first 4,000 people who show up. So you can go to uh, goduke.com slash blue white game for more information. 
I am curious because I was looking at the the home schedule because you know part of this is hey buy season tickets etc. Is it pretty good home slate? You got <laughs> yeah. NC State, Clemson, Let's, Notre Dame, Wake Forest. Underestimate, <laughs> and then but but it goes beyond that too. It's like, dude, ooh, I for you. you uh, it's like I'm used you to the can't I'm get used, away. <laughs> I'm used to the divisions. I'm used to divisions. I'm like oh wait a minute, that's right. We don't have divisions. Uh, so kind of take us back to the conversation. This has been a long time coming. I know Julio has been arguing. Uh, for the schedule change for years, the pandemic kind of gave us gave us a glimpse of what it could be. So, did you get the sense that there was ever there was a true argument to keep divisions, or it was more of a look? We're going divisionless. How are we going to make this work for yeah. your school versus say Clemson and see everybody has different needs. So, how did you argue this back in those meetings? Yeah, I, I think when we got into the mix, or by the time I got into the mix, it seemed pretty clear that we were going divisionless. Yeah. I think everybody kind of seemed to agree that that was the best for the league. You know, the the fact that we weren't getting everybody playing everybody in a two-year stretch, four-year stretch, you know, that it was taking seven years to get everybody playing against each other. I think everybody knew we needed to do something different. Um, you know, then it was just about what, you know, what were the what was the model going to look like? What mm-hmm. was the scheduling model going to look like? And then who were your permanent team's going to be right and i think those were the things that became a lot of the conversation this time last year and then ultimately we settled on what we settled on okay you now i'm trying you're, you're from new jersey so i'll just i'll just come out and, and give it to that's you that's always straight best. if you'd it's like. always best this is a true now the, the pandemic helped right and tv money talks and everything else walks and i get all that you know what the undertone of all of this is though that carolina and duke don't run this league anymore yeah because quite frankly, the divisions, the way that they were set up, benefited Carolina and Duke. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably a conversation for people who have been in this league as okay. long as the two of you guys. <laughs> you have. just you just got here. You're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, maybe, I'm not saying maybe, this schedule is helping you. Yeah, don't get if, me wrong. If, Please if, don't get me wrong. If this, if what I've walked into is payback <laughs> for ten years of what Duke was doing, like thank you, but no thank you. So I don't know. But you just have to line them up and play them. I, I think the point is you're now going to see these teams on a regular basis where before you, you know, you did not see the teams on the Atlantic side and you'll, you'll, you can recruit a kid now and say, you're going to play at every stadium in the ACC, which, you know, David Cutcliffe was never able to do. No. And I think it's just good for the league, right? It's just good for the league to know that your teams are going to play each other more frequently and, and how that benefits or hurts each individual team is kind of irrelevant. I think it's really just getting the brand. We've got to build the brand of ACC football. You know, we obviously, um, you know, have become a little bit top heavy with Clemson and, and we've got to get the rest of us in a position where we can support them and we can create games to get this league back to where it was a few years ago. Did you think you were done with Sam Hartman? Well, it would have been nice to be done with Sam Hartman. You know, we, we threw the ball in the four-minute drill to not give the ball back to him, and uh, we were able to, get, say, out, got him we last were able time. to get out of that right. game without right. having him get the ball one more time, right. which was, I felt like, critical. And then, uh, you know, and then he goes and, and he goes off to Notre Dame, and he's back on the schedule again. But, no, I, I got a tremendous respect for Sam, and uh, he's a phenomenal quarterback. And there, There's, like, it seems to be a generational shift in coaches and their attitudes, and, and not – I can't go all by age line because mac brown seems to be fairly progressive on this but where do you fall on this concept of not only the, the portal giving these guys the ability to to move but also nio yeah like i get it right i get it and i think you know everybody understands the concept of it you know if if coaches have freedom to do whatever they want players should have a little bit of freedom to do whatever they want um you know certainly shouldn't feel as though coaches get paid what we get paid and players get paid nothing you know those those things certainly don't seem to make a ton of sense i think i'll be in the camp like most of us which is just like 
can we have a little bit more regulation around sure. it? You know, and, and we went from some regulation. Right, you know, <laughs> we went from, you know, basically nothing to 365 day free agency um, with the portal and NIL and, you know, all the stuff that comes along with that. And, you know, it just would be nice to have a little bit of regulation around it. I think that's all anybody's looking for now. Let the kids get what they deserve. Let the kids get the opportunities they deserve. But let's figure out a way to kind of curtail it. Did Riley come to you and say, hey, so school A just offered me you know, this on, much. Honestly, coming from where I've come from, I think we just make it really clear. Like, I know what's going on. Like, I'm, I'm very well versed. To I be spent, clear, that is I spent four your years. In, stop was Texas A&M. Well, I spent four years in the SEC, right? Yeah. So okay. you, you, yeah. it's not even necessarily one specific school. It's just you. You know what the world looks sure. like out there, and so you know we don't need to have. I don't need you to come tell me people are coming after you. I'm good. And so I think it started the other way with just us going to our kids saying like, listen, this is what's coming. You know, Mm -hmm. people are going to come after you. People are going to solicit you. Uh, You're going to have a really hard time separating fact from fiction, fiction, what's real, what's not real. Here's Duke. And and here's all the reasons why this is the right place for you. And this is why you should be here and you should stay. And we just took a really proactive approach so that we didn't get caught sitting around acting as though you know we had no idea what might be happening out there hearing mike elko talk duke head football coach uh you keep going back to it like man i was in the sec like that that's gonna that's gonna shape a lot it's like when uh, when people talk about man driving around here in the triangle's gotten really bad i'm like <laughs> i grew up driving in south florida that's right. where i learned how to drive right. this is nothing right. or oh, traffic's bad here have you been to atlanta right like things are all relative in the grand scheme of things which kind of gets me to a a more philosophical question for you because you mentioned it um you know making the league at least narrative wise better we actually just saw this in basketball where the right teams weren't the ones that are winning right is it as simple as that like how do you combat or do you even care about the fact that if duke has a good season the general attitude nationally is going to be well if duke's having a good season well that means the acc is not that good or it could just mean that you elevated your game and the acc is better than you might have thought do you, do you give any of that credence? Do you try to fight that? Do coaches talk about that? Because the perception around the league is something that seems like it's constantly being battled over. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just continuing to drive the national narrative about what the conference is all about. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. And obviously our marquee brands play a big role in that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Duke becomes more relevant when they beat a marquee brand. You know, if the marquee brands are down or not having good years, then it's easier to say, you know, the ACC's down, right? Yeah. But but I think that's a piece of it. And then it's just getting those games on those national stages. I mm-hmm. think that's the one thing that we've got to get back to where, you know, Saturday night you're watching two top 10 teams in the ACC play each other. And, you know, again, we've had a lot of success. We, we've done a lot of things. We've consistently been in the playoff. But we've, we've got to get some teams to get up there and yeah. support Clemson if we want this thing to last for a long time. You know, that your win over yeah. UCF in the bowl game goes a long yes, way towards does. that. When right. you beat teams like that early in the year last year, you beat Northwestern. You know, those are the kind of wins that everyone around the league needs to kind of pick up their yeah. pick up their own slack on, in my opinion. Yeah, and when we get those opportunities to go out and play those games, we got to win. You know, Florida State beat LSU last year. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.
those are big which, wins. Which nev- never got any credit for, yeah. by the way. But that's, <laughs> nah, 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 details. Yeah, details, but that's... Because well, they missed an extra point. Well, that's because Florida State won. That's where get the narrative, here. right? We've yeah. got to push the narrative yeah. that when we go yeah. out and win those games, we have to make them mean something. we got to stop saying, you know, every time an ACC school beats an SEC school, it's not because the SEC school didn't have interest. Yeah. Right? Like, we can actually go out and beat those teams. Mike Elko, Duke head football coach, showing us here on the OG. Spring game is this Saturday. Uh, you can head on over to goduke.com slash blue white game to find out more information. All right, we'll close on this. Going back through last year, I mean, how much of last year have you watched in terms of like tape, breaking down, kind of revisiting? Yeah, I mean, we watched it all. Okay. We watched every piece of it. This so you know, we're, we're sitting here going, oh man, incredible. Nine wins, the, the bowl win. The one thing you, you go back to last year, because I know how coaches are, you're like, needed to change that. Can't yeah. have that happen again. What was the one thing? Uh, yeah, I can answer it for him, I think. Well, I, I think, there, no, I think there's a couple of things. I think defensively we got to get better on third down. I yep. think we know that. And, and we've got to be able to, to stop giving up so many explosive pathways. And that, I think, will allow our offense to cut loose even a little bit more so than, than we did at times this past year. And then, you know, offensively we just got to finish games a little bit better. You know, we had some opportunities at the end of games early in the year mm-hmm. um, that we could have taken advantage of. And, and, you know, we win a couple of those close games early in the year and we might be in Charlotte. One of the things um, – he lied to you. You're not leaving yet. One of the things <laughs> I'm most proud of is I predicted Matt Rule's failure as an NFL coach because he did not have the right play caller. How did you know that Kevin was your guy and how did you know that thing was going to work the way that it did? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say you know, but, but the process was I, I literally just watched about – kind of got it down to about six guys where the, the statistical analytics made sense to me. You know, they were they were – fits that we could get it to guys who made sense personalities that I had liked and then I just went through and I literally watched their entire season as a play caller as if I was the defensive coordinator trying to right just trying to look at them. it and just kind of see what it looked like and I, I felt like Kevin was very creative I thought he did a really nice job kind of game to game of dressing things up there always seemed to be like there was some different in-game concepts that made sense based on the defense they were playing and so um, yeah, it just seemed to all fit you know and then him and I spent a lot of time obviously you're the one the one benefit of of covid for as bad as it was for so long was zoom right mm-hmm. zoom zoom was created and you know the ability to hop on a zoom with a guy and, and really go through things extensively without you know so we really could do three interviews without ever getting on a plane <laughs> right and so that that was good and it just felt like he was the right fit with the right personality and, and he's he's top notch in, in every aspect you've already got one win this year then Hanging on to him. Yeah, I think that's the other piece of it, right? We hung on to all of our players, and then we hung on to the majority of our staff. And so, you know, that's part of changing the rhetoric about what Duke football is. You know, we were able to put resources into this program that maybe hasn't been done in the past and, and given us an opportunity to really be competitive at the top of the ACC. That's Duke head football coach Mike Elko. The spring game is Saturday, 1 o'clock, Brooksfield, Wallace Wade Stadium. Uh, they got the pregame activities starting up at noon. Go check it out. Find out more at goduke.com slash blue white game. Coach, we appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll see you in July. Three days of ACC kickoff. Yeah, no no 40s this year, so we're going to have to figure out exactly <laughs> well, what the plan is. Come, I'm, I'm inspired because you, you're here in the studio with us. You saw our video game set up. I think it's time to bring back Tecmo Super Bowl. Okay. So that okay. was you played that back. I, I, I played, say, I played like little, in our age range. I played play. a little Tecmo Super Bowl back in the day. I I, I pushed hard for baseball stars, but All sounds right. like sounds like we want to stick with the football. No, I mean, theme. I got I got the emulator. You can play whatever you, you want. You want Punch Out? You want baseball stars? <laughs> I got the Neo Geo with baseball stars too. I mean, got all that stuff uh, from back in the day. Coach, we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys.